Go now to DryerBuzz.com and follow at DryerBuzz on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's all about the buzz. You ready to hear this? Are you ready to hear this? I probably need a few more minutes to get it together, but it's that time. It's time to wake up. Listen, guys, this is my first thoughts of the morning. You hear the frog in my throat? That means probably this is uh, very near and dear to the first or second thing that I've uttered this morning. And I don't sound like I have all that energy like I do on the other ones, right? Because this is... This, I'm probably getting ready to go into that three-day cycle of, okay, whatever, but no. So today, as you can see, I call this one, if you read titles, I call this one, this one, um, Wake Up Goals. And I remember in book one, book one is a special 90 episodes of How to Get Out of Bed. We did a couple of them on goals. Now, now the book one was all about hindsight. We basically push the button and whatever conversation came through two way conversation. It was, um, we wrote down, we created a word cloud and that became the quote unquote hindsight with book two. I kind of want to always come in with some type of topic or focus. And today I want to talk about goals because, uh, first scrolling of the day, I see people trying, including myself, I see us, trying to convince ourselves to stick to our goals. And so I woke up today. I want to wake up today. It being Tuesday, man, it feels like a Sunday. Don't you just hate the week after a holiday? Cause it's kind of like a, a rush week and you got to, you, you so laid back and you, you're tired, you're exhausted because you overdid it. But yet the week is short. So you really need to wake up the goals because you got to hit goal. For those of y'all who start your day off with a goal, you got to hit goals um, faster and sooner. Like in a normal week, you know, Mondays are really difficult and hard because it's about facing, going back and facing your the reality of your life, you know, the responsibilities of your life, the accountabilities that you get away with on the weekend. But then when that Monday falls as a holiday and I'm recording this one, uh, 24 hours after Labor Day or hours after Labor Day, depending on when you stop enjoying the weekend, the four-day weekend or a five-day weekend. or I, I don't know. I hadn't, I hadn't trolled your pages, your social media yet. I don't know what all you did, but I do know what some of you, uh, like me, us, we woke up today trying to figure out like how to get back on goal. And so I call this one wake up goals. Something I did in order to define or help myself understand my goals is I realized, I tried to realize who I was working on my goals with. That's one thing. Let me tell you. And sometimes we want to work on these things by ourselves. Let me write that down. Goals, right? Sometimes we, we feel like we get more done if we could just get it by ourselves, do it by ourselves. But then, you know, you realize like, wait a minute, I could have had it if I had a little help. I don't know anybody that, that made it by themselves that does not say, man, if I could just have had a little bit of help. Some of us, we do work great alone. We don't like interruption, disruptions, especially creatives like artists. Like there are a couple of artists that I watch because they, they create their art in public. And every time, let me tell you, watching an artist create, and even our, our favorite soap maker, when we're watching them create, we're like, okay, it's done. You think, We think their work is done. We think they've reached their goal, and yet they keep going and going. Let me tell you, I had a friend one time when I was, well, not even a friend, 
um, we were, this was a vendor, I guess I should say a vendor. And I was like, um, we were, ha- I was having an event, a luncheon as I always do. And I, um, uh, outsourced the whole lunch part of it. It was like, Hey, do, you know, do this. And they came in and transformed the space. So what I did in exchange, um, created some content of them exchange, you know, creating, um, changing the space, transforming the space. So we did this amazing hyperlapse video of what the space looked like and while they worked and then the finished product. And I'm watching them and the whole time, like they way, they met my, first of all, they met my expectations just by showing up. I'm like, cause remember I said, don't, I used to have to do that part. And I'm like, man, I cannot do it all in order for this to be a really good event. I got to outsource this thing. So the, and you can watch this on YouTube because it ended up being a great YouTube video and it's been out there forever. But anyway, so they came in and they, they saw the space and they picked and they did and they had all these boxes of stuff and they started transforming the, the area where the food was going to be. And so I set the camera and I'm watching this. And you think, oh man, you know, okay, cool. And they just kept going and going. I remember when she put the table, you know, most people, most of us would have just put the tablecloth on the table, but then she just it here and just it there and made it lopsided over here. And I'm like, okay, that's enough. Leave that alone. But then when she finally reached goal, her goal, not mine, because she's, like I said, succeeded my expectation by showing up, right? I'm like, because people don't show up even when you pay them, sign contracts, all that kind of stuff. But like, whoa, they, they came in like amazingly and did this. And so, Every step of the way, I'm like, okay, cute, stop, cute, stop. And they were like, kept going, kept going, and hit and hit go. And even after hitting go, still, an artist, it's always something else that can be done. There's always a little more you could do. And, and you know what? There are two factors in that, and those two factors that I know that we oftentimes consider to be gold. And you tell me, tweet me at Dryerbus and let me know if there's another factor, but time and money, write that down, honey. I was talking, I had a great gold meeting. Let me see time and money. Um, you know, if you follow me, I had two dinners yesterday. One was cause I was hungry. That was gold. Let me go eat. Cause you know, it's Labor Day. Everybody's here, there, and everybody want to get together and visit and all that kind of stuff. And you know, everybody can't get together at the same time cause everybody was doing this, that, and the other. Okay. So we're going to do two. Um, so I went and I ate. The goal there was I'm hungry. I'm starving. I need to eat. The other goal was a fellowship goal, right? I'm going to this dinner cause I just want a fellowship, you know, and my daughter wanted me to hear out some things or whatever on a goal and congratulate her and you know, and all that kind of stuff. Right. As I sip. Some lemonade. So, um, so the first one was you need to eat, go eat, so you don't fall out. The second one was just break bread, just break bread, and just listen. Right? Let me tell you, that's that's the third part of it. Listen. Sometimes you might not be able to give a goal-oriented person. First of all, just be goal-oriented. Write that down. And when I say write that down, those who are following along, creating word cloud, taking copious notes. That's what that means, goal-oriented. First of all, you got to become goal-oriented. Be, and I, I hate, can I just tell y'all I hate the word be, but you got to be goal-oriented. You got to become goal-oriented. And, and, and people are at different levels of that. So, again, we were trying to figure out what the third one is, and I think it is. Sometimes you meet a goal-oriented person, you can't give them your time. You might not be able to. And, and, and what happens with this, let me tell you, the goal and guilt goes together. 
Because you might not be able to give them of your time. And what you do, you feel guilty. So you start avoiding them, right? You may not be able to give them money. Honey. Every goal-oriented person out here need money. If you can't give them money, please help them find the money person. Stop what you're doing. Go and connect them. Like, I, I, what you're doing look like it takes a whole lot of money. I don't have money, but I know some people who got money. I'm going to go and speak very highly of you, and the money is going to come. That's me. That's me every day, all day, right? I see people, and sometimes I approach them with the money person, and they weren't really even ready for that. They didn't even ask for that, so they don't know how to receive that. So a lot of people write that down, receive, right? A lot of people don't know how to receive, and it takes time. In fact, my daughter and I talked about that over Breaking Bread last night um, when we were talking about her business. Some people don't know how to receive. She was talking about how... When she started this uh, endeavor that she's on, she wanted, really wanted, and we all do want to bring somebody along with us. Like, hey, this is a great thing I got going on. And you tell them about it, and they don't, they don't necessarily in that moment receive it. And I remember we did a um, change the game overnight, and there was, the lady said, still say it, still offer, still put out that invite. Because it'll come back. It's just going to keep echoing to them until they're ready. And uh, my, co- my co-podcast person, oh, we got to do a podcast this too. See what I'm saying? Um, we were talking, we were working on our mission statement yesterday, uh, unbeknownst to us. We just started having a great conversation, talking about some of our frustration of trying to find certain goal-oriented people to bring along in this thing, in this journey with us. And we, we talked about, you know, what's getting in the way. Ego, that write that down. We did a podcast in the 90 episodes of book one we talked a lot about ego and ego has resurfaced because what we have said we are encountering something we don't want to encounter as co-hosts on this podcast is the ego so we are mindful and respecting what each bring to the table one's bringing time one's bringing the money um and then there is the aspect that i keep coming to and i haven't said yet and that is to listen yesterday she was going off and i opened that inbox i was like oh lord i gotta catch up Something said, just listen. So I'm reading, 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 reading. And all I said, exactly. You're, you're, one thing we don't do, especially on social media in these two-way conversations, you need to acknowledge, you know, because a lot of times, even though, like right now, people are listening, like they, they want to put the, interject their point. They've already tweeted. And I don't even think I've reached the pivotal part of the conversation yet, right? But you stop listening because you're ready to say, that's the, that's the, all right, that's how we argue. That is what makes a debate an argument. I'm going to write that down, right? When you take listen out of it, and because they've said that one keyword, and boom, that sets you off, and you already know what your talking point, because your talking point on that keyword is always and forever. It does not change. And you stop listening and start putting your um, discussion together, right? So... Three parts in go, being goal-oriented. You got to have time. You got to have money. And you got to have someone to listen. Like, um, I love watching this show, Shark Tank. And they they give the people time to come in and present their ideas, right? And sometimes it's not that, they, that you need their money. And many of the times they tell a person, if we give you this money, we don't know how you could evolve this, right? But... To be able to stand there in front of them and have them listen and see their reaction. The re- a person's reaction, or what, this is not even a person, but a reaction. Sometimes a reaction is all you need. Because you could be telling some, you could tell somebody something. And 
there's a part where they lean in. I will never forget taking my son, story time, story time. I, was, I was, took my son to a conference. The conference is called Let Us Make Man. And it's a conference that go on for all of y'all that love to say a woman can't raise a man. <laughs> I love that. That's one of the things. When I hear somebody say that, I stop listening and go right to my talking points. But then I start listening again. And I'm like, yeah, there's some things, right? There's some things. One thing I couldn't do was that those testosterone moments. I'm like, boy. If you don't get away with me leading with that testosterone, you know, I'm like, okay, where can I take him where his testosterone can rise up and it could be, you know, and so a great friend of mine and mentor uh, to many young men in this community. I live outside outside of Atlanta and around um, who I've known forever, Derek Bozeman, dropping now. I'm not dropping names. I'm dropping gains. If you got a son don't know this circle of men, go and find us an annual conference. I think they're up to doing it like twice a year now. Um, but I've taken my son. I took my son maybe two or three times. Uh, one, first time I took him, he was really too young. And I was in content mode because I was there blogging. And uh, I blogged my son's experience. I was like, he's, he's, a bit, he's a bit too young. And then I was in content mode. So I was so preoccupied. And I don't know that he got the best out of it, got the most out of it. But then when he hit those teenage years, and I was like, we both got to survive this time. And there's some things going on with this young man that I will admit as a woman, especially in a household full of women, uh, I'm like, we need to get, you know, and, and mind you that my son has, has an amazing dad. That's far as that goes. He has an amazing dad. He saw his dad spent weekends, summer, every minute he wasn't uh, in school. Okay, escape. Escape us women. It was like, dude, get away from us. Because he, he, had, he lived in a multi-generational house of women, right? And let me tell you, it was the best thing ever because he's the most amazing young man. But I made sure that every time he didn't have accountabilities and responsibilities elsewhere, that he was in the company of great men. That's why I say a woman can't raise a man because that was the decision that I made. So anyway, I took him back to the conference. Uh, at a time when I realized it's like, okay, this testosterone thing is either gonna kill me or make me kill him. Let me get him into a let me get him to a space where he can see this thing because I believe in this theory of the bull elephant. If you don't know about the theory of the bull elephant, please let me enlighten you. Go over to uh, YouTube and it's something that CBS CBS well actually it was prior to CBS it was um, an experiment. There's a lot of experiments that go on. People pour a lot of money and time into conducting these experiments with animals. This particular experiment took place in the jungles of Africa, okay? You know, part of the continent, y'all, not all, part of the continent. Well, they separated, they broke up the family, and they took the male juvenile elephants out of out of all, most of the majority of the herds, and they put them somewhere else by themselves to experiment. Call them, you know, they call it whatever they will or whatever they have to say to the public to do these things. So they took all these male juvenile elephants and they put them in a place by themselves and something, the ecosystem got jacked up almost instantly because these young male bull elephants, when that testosterone kicks in, they kill. That's it. They kill. Okay? Not having, not having seen how the hierarchy of the herd works, not having any mentors, not having any bull elephants, not having to go through the proper channels and challenges of life, they kill. And so all of a sudden the rhinos start dying. Okay, well, elephant doesn't kill a rhino. Well, a juvenile elephant does. A juvenile elephant with wayward testosterone will kill 
a rhino. So in order to save the rhinos, they're like, okay, we got to fix this, y'all. We done messed up this ecosystem over here, you know. And and so um, I found this. I discovered this when they, when they first plugged in the Internet. And I was like, ooh, all this information is out there. And then they realized, wait, the human population is finding out about this experiment. Let's hide this information. But then, lo and behold, here come YouTube and the information resurfaced. And knowing that it had been out there, um, they sent a CBS reporter to find out, like, wait, is this really a thing? Because people are talking about all these experiments. And he goes and he finds the, the guy and, and the guy goes on to explain to him because he, the, the thing was that you could stop killing, murdering. You could change a young man. Uh, not a, well, the experiment was please take what we learned from the animals and apply that to humans, right? But unfortunately, we have people in power and position sometimes that they are one extreme over the other. One wants to do extreme good, so let's take what we learned from the animals and make a change in the humans. There are those that want to do extreme bad. Let's hide what we, what we learn from the animals so that humans will follow the same uh, catastrophic path. So in this particular time, they sent this reporter to find out we keep hearing about these bull elephants and that change came within two weeks. That's what the findings were, that within two weeks of having a mentor, two short weeks, just seeing somebody do something positive has a positive impact. Seeing somebody winning for all the right reasons has a positive impact. Impact Taking a young man or a young woman who has never had somebody model something positive before them, they will change in, in less than two, in two weeks, right? So that being the case, it's like, wait, okay. So he went to, this, these people at CBS or whatever, went to go find out, is this true? So they went and they were like, wait a minute, we heard about this mentoring program, literally. Um, and so this guy takes them on, you know, they love to jump in these jeeps with no top and go on these quote unquote safaris. So he begins to tell them that, yeah, they jacked up the ecosystem by taking the bull elephants out away from the herds and putting them in this land. The testosterone hit, they started killing the rhinos and the rhinos kills everything. Well, anyway, survives everything. So then he's like, well, what does that? And he says, well, we went back to the herd and instead of taking them back to the, couldn't take them back to the herd because now they all they knew was to kill. They would have killed. They would have gone they, if they wherever they put them. They were gonna kill. He said. So they took some of the bull elephants. You know, hey y'all, come on over here and mentor these, these young juveniles. They called them young juveniles, and they took some of the bull elephants, which were the older elephants who 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 are really the king of the jungle. I don't know why they tell y'all it's the lion, but anyway. So therefore, because you know, we, I mean, it's what we should model ourselves because it is the stronger male in the herd who is the chief of everything. Nothing gets done in the herd of elephants unless he signs off on it. Okay. So they took some bull elephants. They call them bull elephants. And they literally just reintroduced them to the young males, meaning they took them, they transported them off to this place where they had destroyed the ecosystem. So in as soon as the um, bull elephants arrive, the young elephants like, well, damn, they twice the size. What they eat? They twice the size of us. Because you ever look at these little juvenile children running around here? They're all hungry. I know. I have t- taken the time to feed them. That's how I won them over. First thing I did was I gave them some food. And they were like, wait, we can eat? Yeah, you can eat. You don't have to kill. People will feed you if you are kind. If you are doing things in your community, you eat, right? That's the first thing you want to do as a goal. I always have the goal to eat. 
There are a lot of people out here that don't have a goal to eat, right? They just want to be mad and starve. There are people out there that want to be mad and want to starve you. Learn how to discern that quick, fast, and in a hurry. I am always mindful of who takes food off my plate or who blocks food from coming on my plate. So anyway, don't let me lose. Don't let me lose my train of thought. Tweet me. Keep me on task, okay? Again, I see the comments if you're coming in with broadcast and it's syndicated to where you are, but please tweet me. Okay, so anyway, so they put the bull elephants out there, and most of you know this has been the story. I tell the story. It don't get, it don't change. It's real. This is real factual things that happen. Go to YouTube, look up biggest mentoring program ever, CBS. You can find it. All right, or I'll drop a link after this. So anyway, they put the bull elephants, the juvenile elephants saw like, wait a minute, those, those elephants are like twice our size, you know, where they come from, what they eat. And they quickly challenge, went to challenge the bull, the bull elephant. And it's a natural order of things for the young to challenge the old. It's natural. And the day that you, the day that this old succumbs to the next, that when you, cause you ain't, it's not going to work the first time you challenge them, but the day, the day's going to come, they're going to hand you that baton. And when they hand you that baton, you got to step into that role of leadership. So the bull elephants, the, the juvenile elephants immediately began to challenge the bull elephants. The bull elephants took them down, like roll up, you know, come on, what you got? Give me what you got. And the juveniles are like, wait a minute, they're twice our size. They're obviously doing something different than what we're doing. Why do we not know them? They look like us, right? You couldn't, you wasn't killing, you weren't about to kill them. And so then they were like, wait, look what he's doing to the tree. Look what he's doing. Look at how respectful he is of the land. This is what the juveniles are looking like. Wait a minute. They're, they're, mindful, of ter they're mindful of territory. They're respectful to the land. Did they... Where is he going? He's going to find some water. Yeah, we must follow. Let's follow. <laughs> he, he's like, we don't have to go to the water where the rhino is hiding out. And then we got to fight just to get a sip of water and, and kill. Right? There's other territory. Like, listen. So they start in the, in, watching these bull elephants. And, like, and the bull elephants, like, you know, the testosterone. The it's like, wait a minute. He, I can sound like that? I can get tusks like that? You know? They're looking at these big elephants and like, whoa, they eat, they flourish, they respect the land. And they got family somewhere. Do you hear the sound? They look different. They smell different. They, the testosterone, they got the same testosterone. In two weeks, 14 days, it is said. And this ain't, this ain't a myth. It ain't just a proverb. It's right there in front of your eyes in video. And in documentation, in two weeks, the guy says, the killing of the rhinos stopped. In two weeks, no more murder. The juveniles, now having a model, realize who they were, what life was all about. In just two weeks of just seeing the possibility of being something else, something constructive, and at the same time, getting respect from all around. The bull elephants upon hitting the land gain instant respect of everything in the ecosystem. Get out of the way. I'm coming through. Um, you're going to share this water. Like, wait, you're going to share the rhino? Wait a minute. The rhino... They, they, they didn't fight. 
like, you're going to share this water. And here's how. I'm going to stay over here. You're going to stay over there. I'm not going to get in your way. You know, I'm not going to take it all. You're not going to take it all. We're going to share. And the, the juveniles are, like, watching this. Like, wait a minute. You know, and in two weeks, in two weeks, they were able to fix this ecosystem. That's a goal. That's a goal. But the goal had to be the right thing. Let's fix what we done jacked up. Let somebody come in here and fix it. And they went and got the person that says, here's the solution. Because there's a solution. Watch the reaction and, and allow. Don't wait for it. Just allow the solution to come forward. That should be a goal. You need a solution today. It should be your goal to find it. Um, but you got to time. You're like, I don't have time. I know it. There are a lot. Some of us don't have time. We all up against the clock. Money. Sometimes we got it. Sometimes we don't. But guess what? There's so many substitutions for money. There's so many other solutions for money. Did y'all know that? Like, there's so many. Okay? But you got to listen. Listen is so key. You, you, I have been in this thing for 24, 24 minutes. If you have not heard anything else, if you're not taking, say, listen, okay, I'm going to give this thing 30 minutes, 5 minutes, 10 minutes. Even in all of that, you probably heard something and say, okay, I'm going to continue listening. Let me just sit this over here. To the side. That's why I do it in, a, in an audio. So you, so you don't feel all intimidated. You ain't looking all behind me. You just listen. Just listen. And I'm going to tell you how to wake up your goals. I'm going to tell you because that's what today is about. Wake up goals. Start with the time. Give your goals some time. Um, and find some money. There's a lot of money out there, y'all. Find a little money. Give your goals some money, right? Give your goals some money, okay? Listen for your goals. Sometimes we jump out there and we think the goal is this, but then you realize, wait a minute, it's it's not even that. It's just a piece of that, right? It's just a little piece of it, and, and, and especially like, especially for now. Like, I know that's the big picture and the vision board and all of this, but there there are little steps along the way that you must take, and you can't leap over certain steps because if you do, guess what? What well, they said, two steps, a step forward two steps back, you know, and you might have to go ahead and go forward and then come back. It's like, what works? What, what works? The solution is what works. Had a conversation about that yesterday. Well, what's working? Podcasting for me is working. I know there are a lot of people say, man, you should be here. You should be. I know, but what works for me is podcasting. When I talk about being truthful, honest, and transparent, um, getting up and getting dressed, go put my makeup on, then coming on here, you know, letting y'all stay all into my manicure and all that kind of stuff and talk about how to get out of bed. That's not how I get out. Of, that's not the truth of how I get out of bed. I cannot get out of bed without going live. I cannot get out of bed without podcasting. I know you think, man, she's giving us this great part. No, I'm giving me this podcast. I'm giving myself 30 to 45 minutes to an hour, to an hour and a half to just sit here in my thoughts, speak them out loud and let y'all listen in. Okay. But if it wasn't, if I didn't have this platform, this is what I love about this time. You know, I'm at that point of having to embrace aging. And only thing I know, only thing I know about aging is those I've seen done it, doing it before. And, uh, particularly my grandmother, I'm like, wow, you know, my grandmother, man, she had kind of a solitary life, at least I thought. And then I think that, no, she really did. She had a lot of, she had a lot of joy, so many joys. And then I think, man, I'm going to be, I'm going to be alone. I'm going to grow old. But then I was like, wait a minute, girl, you got the internet. And then I posted this video yesterday. Talk about gold. Not yesterday. Sometime this week, I posted this video about this lady that's 85. She's getting, she got more dates than all of us. I'm like, 
I ain't, I'm not, that ain't, that's not my goal, but I'm like, to have that much joy about every, every time in your life, and the same thing, watching my dad, I'm like, wow, you know, I'm not there yet, you know, and I think once, I think as you get older, you know, you, you just, you really have to let go of some of this stuff, you know, and a lot of us, I think the younger we are, we are so bogged down by all the stuff around us, and I think the older you get, and I don't, I don't, I don't think, I don't think so. I think you are who you are every part of life. This young woman, uh, 85, I think she was that way at 65. I think she was that way at 45. Because even she said, honey, she said her husband came to her uh, at, when her kids, when the kids got grown, her husband came, okay, it's time to divorce. This ain't working. And she said he went on and then he instantly remarried. And she thought, well, hell, I'll go, gone about your business. I'll go instantly remarry. And she's like, okay, it didn't happen that way. Cause she started having too much fun. And every time she got ready to mess somebody, wanted, they want to settle down. They want to put her back into that life she had with the first husband. She's like, no, I want to have fun. And that's what she's been doing for probably 40 years. Just out there, just enjoying herself. And I'm like, that's just so cool. So I think, you know what, you are, you're always who you are. I know it might be a goal to change everything about you. You know, lady uh, came up to me yesterday and said, man, you changed your red hair. I didn't know how many people were living through my red hair. <laughs> I'm like, it's, but it's my red hair. I wanted to, I can't tell you how many people, I'm like, okay, let me go. Let me go. In fact, probably today, I'm going to put a splash of red in this hair because people, one, can't recognize me. Because one, I, I'm, I relaxed my hair after probably 10, 15 years. I, I try, I'm like, I want to try to relax it because I ain't trying to flat iron every day. I don't like all that. that. That's like that old school hot comb. I'm like, uh-uh. Um, so I said, okay, I'll do a relaxer. I'm probably going to shave it off. But I, I ain't scared. I'm, my barber's like sitting over there looking at my videos and pictures like, she'll be back. Yeah, I'll be back. I'm just trying something. I, I You know what? I'm... I, I remember watching Michelle Obama. Now, Michelle Obama's back natural, but when she was in the White House, I was like, man, I miss having all that, all that body and flipping the hair. And I, and like, I miss my little pixie, you know, because I didn't, I don't, I'm not one to let my hair grow. That was my mother's pet peeve, you know, because growing up with a boomer mom, I was in the salon like every two weeks, and it was always about growing that hair, growing that hair, right? And, uh, and, and so when I got to the point where I could make a decision, she wouldn't totally disowned me because lord when she saw when i cut the hair off honey i don't think she ever really forgave me she always fact, she talked about it every single day of my life of her life man your, your hair used to have such pretty hair because i just got when i went y'all know when i went natural and I, I, I didn't even like go nat. well i just i shaved it off that was the first extra i shaved it off took the son to the barber shop when i had the son after having these daughters right i was like whoa that was easy simple i'm gonna try that right and i have i have taken my hair um, through, I've had every hairstyle there is, and I do love a pixie, but I remember watching Michelle Obama in the white house. And I mean, I was like, I miss having that much body in your hair. And I wasn't a wig or weave person. Um, blogging. I remember now my daughter is a master cosmetologist. Understand that. So whatever hair, whatever, whatever. Right. So one day I let her finally put a weave in. Uh, on, and you know, I live in Atlanta and it was like, y'all, I swear to y'all story time. It was the hottest day in August, had to be, there was a march that I needed to cover. Now, here I am with this weave, and I guess it was pretty good. I don't know, because I'm like, what is this on my head? So I've got to go, and, I'm, and after she did it, um, and I don't know if she did it for a class or whatever, but she did it, 
and let her do this weave on me. And then I realized, oh, wait, I've got to go cover this march. And I'm, I, you know, cover a march, meaning like all the civil rights people. I remember standing there interviewing the mayor um, and ooh, a name slips me right quick. The female mayor, first female mayor we had in Atlanta. Somebody tell me that y'all know I don't remember these people. But anyway, so I'm standing there interviewing her. And, and mind you, she wore, she wore, I had prior to this weave was the same, short, natural, right? So I'm standing there interviewing her. And all of a sudden, this beam of sweat comes from my head, straight down my forehead, straight down my nose. Now, mind you, I tell you, I know exactly what we were. We were at the intersection of James P. Brock, well, no, not James P. Brock, it was Fair, Fair Street, what is it? MLK, MLK right there where the new, well, not new, but Clark Atlanta's uh, football, right before the uh, Mars Brown Bridge, because the march was ending inside of Herndon Stadium, which is now what we call the ruins of black excellence, because black people are so busy loving on other stuff that they are not loving on their own. And so now we have the ruins of Black Excellent, which is Herndon Stadium. Um, and the march in, went down Martin Luther King and into Herndon Stadium where all of these speeches went on that day. So I had to interview all of these civil rights icons and dignitaries. And there were people from all nations here. And I think it was the voters' rights um, march. And so I just remember having this week. And I don't know, somebody helped me get back on track. But I remember when I finished it, I was like, oh, heck no. I was in the car driving home, honey. I was snatching tracks. I was like, this thing got to come out of my head, honey. And luckily, it was a sew-in. It wasn't a glue-in back there, honey. I found that thread, and I was pulling, pulling, pulling. I was snatching that stuff out my head. I was like, and never, ever, ever again. So it is always my goal to keep my hair. One is because... I am oftentimes in the public. Uh, I have to be able to go quickly to my confident goal. My goal is to always be able to present uh, confidently, never really having to question who I am and who I am to even to be stepping to somebody in the work that I do. And I want my reputation to always be that I am a confident person. So yesterday... Uh, I, I, somebody, I, I guess knew me or from something, walked up to me like, you changed your hair. I was look, I was, couldn't wait to see, cause they going by a profile pic on whatever. It was like, man, I was expecting to see the red hair. And this was, and it's usually older women. It's usually boomer women. It's usually women who had to confine to other restraints in how they presented themselves. It's usually somebody that, you know, they, they, their, their job won't let them express themselves in here. Cause first thing people used to always tell you when you did some extremes to your body or to your hair is, man, you'll never get a job like that. Well, guess what? I probably did it so I wouldn't get a job. I probably did it so I wouldn't give up on my goal. I probably rocked red hair. So I wouldn't have to think, you know, and now, now that I've got this conformity hair, you know, yesterday we talked about enormity. Today, conformity. Uh, I'm wearing the hair of the conformed. It's relaxed. It's soft. I've softened the look. And I did it particularly to experiment on conformity to see how people react to me with this hair as opposed to the red hair or the militant fro or all these other things that people like to designate us because we are simply goal-oriented. 
See how I changed that conversation up? Yeah, I am going to give you some empowered conversation at 35 into this, meaning we got a few, two, 10 more minutes to go ahead and wrap this up. You will always, I get out of the bed empowered. In fact, we might wake up tomorrow and I might call it wake up empowerment. But I, today I want to talk about how to just wake up your goal. You need a story time. You need to take some time and listen. You need to take some time to figure out how to get money for your goal. Because even doing this podcast, like there's an expense. To this right here, me sitting on my bed. Like the internet has to be on. The electricity has to be on. Okay. I've got to afford the place. All of those different things. All of that. Yeah, that comes into play because the first thing somebody's going to tell me is they can't afford to do this and they can't afford to do that. Well, guess what? You better say it out loud because then it's going to come to you. Friend of mine, and I say friend, when I say friend, I mean like by, by Facebook association. Uh, one of the conversations I saw, they were asking uh, for a referral. Hey, listen, anybody doing this? Has anybody heard about this? And I'm like, and they instantly, somebody said it's a waste of time. And I'm like, well, it wasn't a waste of time for me. Here's how I, because I went in it with a different aspect on what time was. It, it was a solution. And here's how, and I went on and tell them, here's how it was a solution. You start out, you look at it this way. If you look at it this way, it won't be. And I wasn't trying to say it wasn't for that person because it, it might have been a waste of time for that person. Their goal might have been different. But guess what? You want to eat tonight? Try it. And they were like, yeah, not only do I want to eat, but I want to feed my daughter. Well, then try it. You better go do it. And guess what? Do it and don't worry about what somebody else is going to say about because you ain't got to let nobody know how it comes out. But and you probably won't because you're going to be too busy eating. I'm just saying, if you try it, I guarantee you, you're going to eat tonight. And I ain't even telling, and that's, I mean, that's all I can tell you. Now, you can, once you eat and you're not hungry, then you can focus on the next goal. And you can use it to get to the next goal. But first, let's deal with the fact that you're hungry. Let's deal with the fact that you're out here looking for a solution. Let's deal with the fact that you might not have enough time. You might not have enough money. So, listen, I'm gonna t- I will tell you. How to remain goal-oriented or become goal-oriented so that you don't have to sit in your guilt, in your guilt that you can't do something, won't do something, didn't do something, can't get out of bed. Because let me tell you, the number one reason you can't get out of bed is guilty. You feel guilty of something. And let me tell you, can I tell you that guilt is a self-applied emotion? It's a self-applied emotion. And if there's somebody around you trying to make you feel guilty, you know how easy it is to get rid of that person? It is so easy to block that person out, but you've internalized it. Let me tell you, you, guilt is a sensation. You feel it. You feel it in your gut and your intuition, okay? It is very hard not to ex- express guilt outwardly. You ever see somebody look guilty? You ever been in a store and you see somebody, what are, they, what are they doing over there? They keep looking around. They doing, You can't help but to react to it. It is something going on in your mind. It's when your mind and your heart are saying, you finna jack up your soul. Don't do it, right? It, it's, it's an outwardly reaction. Guilt is obvious. You can look around any room and see the guilty people. They walk around in it and with it. Each and every day, they're looking at you like betrayed. They have betrayed you. You ever notice that? You spoke those of y'all, and I don't know the scripture, but remember how easy it was for Jesus to say, oh, okay, that one right there. Yeah, he's going to betray me. Because <laughs> it's obvious. <laughs> P. 
people who betray you. When like, write that down, y'all. I, I promise you, the best thing I learned in life was to recognize betrayal. And you better learn how to recognize it and call it what it is. I had to do a whole podcast because there's, there's somebody like, man, I'm getting a different vibe. Yeah, you betrayed me. And that vibe is gone. I'm not putting my I'm not putting myself in that position ever again. That's betrayal, baby. I'm sorry. I know, you know, you feel like we've known each other like forever. And you're like, man, you don't call no more. The betrayal did that. And I'm not, I'm not one to shy away from telling you. Man, you don't come to the betrayal is there. No. And I followed the Dalai Lama. And Dalai Lama said, you know, I need to forgive me. Desmond Tutu, like, you got to forgive them. Dalai Lama's like, no, you need to forgive yourself and never let it happen again. I subscribed to that real quick. I put the whole book down. That's, oh, that's why I bought this book. That's why we chose this book on the, um, this ain't that book club. Just for that, I needed to be free of that, with that one piece. I got all the forgiveness books that y'all done wrote. I got Desmond Tutu. I got a whole stack on my end table at my couch. So anybody come in here, they sit, if I let them in, and I don't let in but a few in, you know, in my space. But you, if you ever get a chance to sit on my couch, to the right is a stack of books. To the, in front of you is a stack of books about uh, enslavement mentality and how, we, how to break free from it, okay? You're going to learn something up in here. To the right is a stack of books that talk about uh, forgiveness because people are always trying to get us to forgive what has enslaved us, what attempted, what had a goal of enslaving us. You're going to read about that and how to break free of that. To the right is a stack of books about forgiveness, but they're all about how to forgive yourself. Stop running around here trying to forgive everybody. Don't, that shouldn't be a goal. That's not your goal. They need to stop doing all the crooked-ish they do. You need to learn how to forgive yourself and learn how to walk away from the enslavement. Take the two and put them together, right? Don't stay. Stop staying in these, in these positions with about, I got three more minutes to tell you this, so let's go back down the list. Wake up goals. Wake up your goals today, y'all. I need you to start your list. Start your list. I want you to write down the goal, and then I need you to decide, does that goal need time? Does that go, you have three, you got three columns, right? You got time, put your column, you got time, you got um, money, and you got listen. Because you don't know it. And don't even tell me you, you know it all. And if you know it, if you know it already, then you're going to still have to ask yourself why. Well, then why is this still a goal? Why is it something you haven't achieved? You know it already. Why haven't you achieved it, right? Put that column over there too. And then start writing down the goals as you think about it. Man, I wish that every time you say I wish, that's a goal, right? If somebody says to you, I wish, like somebody, like say you got a business, people are like, man, I wish you did this and I wish you did that. People told me all the time, man, I wish you had a book. I wish you could tell people how to do this. And I was like, okay, fine. Let me just give into this wish. And I wrote the book called 27 Answers to Create Buzz. And then, man, I, and that was all about networking. Here's how to master network. You want to become a household name, you got to get out there in public. Let me tell you, I can grab this book right here. And in the middle of the book, right smack dab in the middle of the book, the very middle of the book, it says five reasons you might need to stop networking. Nobody ever told you that, right? I'm going to tell you what people don't tell you. People say, oh, man, your network is, is your net worth. You got a network, you got a network. 
I tell you the five reasons you need to stop networking because you're not. It's not your goal to go out there and contribute. Networking is about collaborating. It's not your goal to collaborate. What's your goal? And one of the things, the number five. I'll give you number five. But you can go get the book on Amazon. You can turn to page twenty nine. You can download it, or you can get it print, or you can meet me somewhere. I can sign it for you. But number five is you do not plan to support others stop networking that's not your goal supporting others is not your goal stop networking i said this one is self-explanatory if you don't plan to support others then you're not looking for a network hope you're not one of those persons monopolizing guest speakers you might be a better candidate for individual consulting it's okay if you do not plan to support others notice that i give you that it's okay just don't create disadvantaged situations for peers by attending networking events. Same goes for online forums, groups, meetups, etc. You should hire the experts and keep it all about you. If it's all about you, you might want to skip networking and simply advertise your business. That's what I wrote in the middle of that book about networking, right? If it's not your goal to support others, then don't. Okay, so the rest of the day, the exercise is what is your goal? What is the goal? My goal is to do a podcast about 45 minutes to an hour, seven days a week. And I'm like, okay, what is the criteria on that? If I wake up with the breath of life, if I can breathe, I can speak. If I can breathe in, I could bring a word out. I'm going to bring that. What does that take? It's going to take time. I need to have my day flexible enough that the minute I wake up, I get to podcast. My family has to respect that. And they were like, hey, mom, we support what you do. Do you? Okay. We're not going to interrupt. You're going to get 45 minutes um, to podcast as soon as you wake up. In fact, we're going to listen. Petty Betty came in. Hey, listen, at the end of your podcast, you always say, do me, do me one more favor, but I never hear what the favor is. I said, because that part is recorded. I just push a button. I don't have to say that part every day, right? Because that's what they call what a stinger or something. Like that. I keep trying to remember the word about in the production of it, right? That lets you know, oh, that's we, we're truly at the end. Because I might say, okay, we're going to wrap it up. We're going to wrap it up. I say that for about 20 minutes. But when you hear that part, you know it. We're truly out, right? So this being a goal, I'm like, it's, it's going to take, how much time is it going to take? I know it's going to take 30, 45 minutes to an hour. Money, um, I got to keep the internet on. I got to keep the electricity on. I got to keep the domicile. Got to keep all these things, you know. Got to keep the health. Got to keep all these different things, right? So it's going to take some money. Everything, there's nothing out here that's free, even if it is. And I have a lot of free stuff. But I understand free to be fully reimbursed expenses elsewhere. F-R-E-E. Everything free. You might receive it free. You're on social media, you think it's free. Somebody somewhere is writing that check each and every day. Somebody just bought some stock for this platform, the IPO, even though, even though ain't none of this stuff really making money. Um, yet somebody's out there spending money. They, they go to them. Okay. It's end of, end of day, end of week, end of month, end of year, end of quarter, end of decade. And somebody's writing that check. Somebody's writing a check for everything that you think is free. Somebody somewhere is writing that check fully reimbursed expenses elsewhere. And in a lot, in this arena, um, there's something called funding. Okay. Funding is not often dependent upon revenue. So you got revenue, meaning that the money is coming at the end. Like we put, everybody's like, we should go support the movie so, so they make another one. That's not how that works, right? 
It's the people who give them the funding to make the movie. It's the person that gives, you know, people like they still people like they're still signing record deals because they can't wait for you to buy the song because y'all don't even buy the songs no more. Nobody buys music. You subscribe to this and subscribe to that. Somebody has to give them the money to go spend a year in the studio to make those songs. Prince told y'all that. Okay, y'all didn't they didn't want Prince when they didn't want to give Prince uh his hundred million dollars to go spend a year making an album. Prince when it started one of the first uh, social networks out there. People don't know that, but Prince had before everybody was on Facebook. We was on Prince's uh, uh, network. I know, I know it's new. I know it's new and dear that everybody's now creating their own network. But Prince had one of the first, and it was the best ever because you'd be sitting there and Prince come on. Okay, listen to this, y'all. Prince go, and it was so it was so crazy. It was like it was like uh, Alice. I don't want to say Alice in Wonderland. Prince would be mad. It was like. The most mystical thing you could ever experience. You log on and you go into this. It was all purple. And you literally like it was like a it was like a maze, right? Like where where is he hanging out today? Like, do I go down this hall? Virtual it was like virtual, right? And you like, do I open this cabinet? Do I open that closet? Do I go down the hall? Where is you have to be like where is Prince to go find Prince, right? It was it was the most amazing. It was uh it was called it named after the band and all that kind of stuff. And uh, and he would drop a piece of music if he was having a concert. You could buy the tickets. And I will tell you, this was um, uh, I want to say 2005. I remember being still being a member. I think membership was only for like 39 to 89. Right, it wasn't free. You had to pay. You had to pay Prince. Prince was like, y'all ain't buying no album. Pay me. Pay me up was a ninety dollars to be in my network. And so you. You, and I remember because I bought like some really great tickets, damn near front row tickets for a Prince concert in Atlanta. But my daughter's prom fell on that night. And, you know, getting a daughter off, especially the first one off to the prom, you can't go nowhere. You can't do I'm like, come on, girl, get ready. Come on, go. I got to go to the concert. And I wasn't able to go to the concert, but I was able to sell my tickets. So I was like, OK, mommy's going to you finish getting dressed. Mommy's going to run down here and sell these tickets to guys, to uh, guys. I don't even know who they were. I went in the group. Y'all, I can't make the concert. Who want these tickets? I, I, I promise you, I think I had bought front row tickets because this was like one of the first things I was going to splurge on. I had a very good year. I was, honey, I was, I was uh, early adopter blog. I had money coming every money coming from every which way. Honey, I bought these tickets and I had to go sell those tickets because I had to rush back home and help my daughter get off to the prom. Okay. So anyway, but you go on there and when you brought it up, it was like, Kind of like a Game of Thrones kind of thing. Probably where the Game of Thrones got the idea. And you have to go in all these different little rooms. And Is he over here? Is he over there? You go over here and you chat a little bit. Uh, oh, you, you hit this and here comes a song. Prince is working on a song. You got to hear the song. Give it all kind of feedback. If there was a concert, you got to buy the tickets first. Or, you know, so people got an invitation. If Prince was here or there, people got invitations. They they show up, you know, people come on. Y'all, we hung out with Prince last night. Where? And they tell you where and all this kind of stuff. And this was all during the time he was protesting uh, the music industry. But, yeah, and, and, and there were only two people who really had networks back then. Well, I mean, you know, you had your, your Black Planet and, and AOL and all those kind of things well before what we have now. But... Tyler Perry had one for all the Medea fans, which Hollywood is still to this day trying to duplicate. I don't know why they had done this, but Tyler Perry had one, which was, which was really just a message. Tyler Perry had a website and one of the greatest message boards. So you can go on there and talk with Tyler Perry and, and all that kind of, which is why his fans had such an allegiance to them, to him. 
uh, or to them, he and Medea, uh, simply because he would engage uh, on his network. He had a network and Prince had a network. And then, of course, you know, other things, which is why I never understood why newspapers didn't create. In fact, I, I went to newspapers and tell them, listen, you need your message boards. You need your own networks. And they call me crazy. Oh, they were like, you're insane. Who, who wants to give, who wants to give that much power to the people? They would say. (laughs) Yeah, that happened. Oh, and so now they're out here like, oh, you mean you tell me you lost that billion dollar newspaper? Okay. (laughs) Yeah, I laugh. I, I laugh as I sat and watched all of their employees leave the building like, see, had they created a, a network, like, you know, I'm just saying, this was 20 years ago. I told them, I don't, I don't, yeah, I gloat, I, I, hey, gloating is one of my goals. I gloat. I'd rather gloat and express it outwardly than swallow, swallow the bitter pill, the pill, the bitter, the bitterness pill. Because it's, it's bittering. It's bitterness, right? I'm bitter. I am bitter about it because I told people. That's why I went down that wormhole to learn about everything digital. That's why I can see and write these books and come on here and talk about this stuff. That's why I'm getting ready to launch my own net, relaunch, relaunch my own network that I had back in the day that you can come and, and watch a film. Um, that you, I'm getting ready to relaunch it. Um, what, what, what date? 927, 927, September 27th. Uh, it's going to be the most amazing. Uh, answer platform ever that's coming back because these things cycle around y'all heard my auntie she said girl it's coming back things come and they come back they come back it's gonna cycle through i can call my auntie right now you know so you know this is coming my auntie when i call y'all know auntie i had her live in the kitchen she came over and cooked the the roasted chicken is coming back (laughs) y'all know auntie came over here and showed us how to cook that roasted chicken the whole roasted chicken it's coming back. You're going to stop wanting to go. Now that you know that they are taking that chicken, putting it on the ship. Or I don't know what they put it. I don't know how they get it over. They might have something going under the ocean to China. I don't know. Y'all hear Clinton over there talking about, they over there talking about China is like, look, we will not destroy you if you don't, if you send us the chickens. I know it sounds like a whole different conversation, but they get ready to take the chicken. Okay. Hatch the egg here. Put it on a boat. Right, cause I I see the chicken truck. I, the chicken plant is down the road. I I live uh just about on the line, Georgia, Alabama. The chicken truck drive by every day, and it, I'm it should be. I don't know why I still only seeing one or two every now and then. I saw it last night, coming up the road last night. This morning I was coming home. I'm like, why is it only one chicken truck? Why is it like as much chicken as out there? Why isn't the road just filled with chicken trucks? I don't understand. Why is it only one? I guess by the time you clone and all that other stuff they doing, you don't need but so many real chickens. But anyway, so China, this is what China, China want them to hatch the egg, put it on the ship, send it over there. By the time it, the ship gets there, they want to do all the plucking and cutting. That's why they down there raiding the chicken plant, trying to put the chicken plant owners into such hardship that they'll go out of business. They don't think they're raiding because they don't like Hispanics, Mexican, Latina, Latina, whatever. Not whatever. I mean, how do you want me to identify these people? They're not raiding them because they don't want these people in the United States. They raid, they raiding them because they want to put the chicken plant owners and operators who voted for Trump, not mind you. I heard them on the radio. Y'all didn't hear them get interviewed 
when I'm going to vote for Trump because he's going to change the restriction on chicken. Once a soldier with PTSD, the way that he um, uh, deals with his PTSD, he bought, he left New York, he and his wife came down to Georgia, bought, yeah, I'm talking about you, bought a chicken farm, but the restrictions are uh, independently owned chicken farms can only sell to mom and pops and farm to table restaurants, meaning he can only grow X amount of chickens that he cannot put them into the entire, he can only put them into the ecosystem via farm to table restaurants. Well, he, he, I'm going to vote for Trump because, and, and mind you, he was a brother. Okay. I'm going to vote for Trump because Trump's going to change the chicken restrictions and I'm going to be able to sell my chickens. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, now guess what, boo-boo? You voted for Trump. Trump about to send the chickens over there to China because China has the fastest growing middle class. So now you're going to lose your farm. I'm just going to tell you because you're going to lose your farm. So you can vote for Trump. And I guarantee when they go back to interview him, well, how'd that work out for you? You know, because NPR, they headed back down there because we back in the election. They're going to go back because they told me they're going to come back and ask them how to, how'd that work out for them. And I know we gonna, the brother going to be on there. Uh, he might not, his wife probably be on there because I know his, his PTSD is up through the roof right now because I ain't heard yet that they could double the size of the chicken farm. Because all I've heard is that China wants all the chicken business. They want them to put the, put the chicken, hatch it, you hatch it. You hatch it, shoot it up with all that stuff so that by the time we get over here on that ship, it's a full grown. We're going to roll it on through that plant, package it, freeze it, put all that other stuff in it, bring it on back. And then y'all can, you know, eat it over there with the chicken sandwiches and all that kind of good stuff. I'm just they ain't but one way to keep that much chicken in circulation, y'all. And I ain't heard nobody in America talk about they could do it yet. That ain't the discussion. Maybe it ain't the goal. I don't know. I'm just saying. I, did, I, I I was listening. Remember I said when somebody has a goal, you better stop and listen and see how it was. Go- Their goal is going to impact you. That's one thing you better. If you are, if you are not a goal-oriented person, you better take notice of how somebody else's goal is going to impact you. China wants to be the chicken capital. And uh, excuse me, but they say Georgia in the United States is the chicken capital. And I know we live down this I-20 corridor, the I-20 corridor from, from Georgia on down to Georgia, Alabama, and Mississippi. All of them is chicken places. The chicken, this is the chicken corridor. That's why I see the trucks. It's been that way for the past 50 years of my life. You've always been able to go down there and see the chicken plants. I don't know about y'all, but now can you imagine losing that, uh, those jobs, right? And, but, oh, hold up. You know you can go to China with the chicken. Did y'all know that? Those, that, for the past 10 years, there's been this conference call. That's why um, when I said the future is not American, I can't tell y'all how, how many people have already gone over there. They, there was a call one time back in the day um, for people to get on this call, and they were literally offering free housing, fully reimbursing expenses elsewhere. For those who wanted to go, there's a reason why they know how to cut up that chicken the way America wants it over there. Because of the Americans that went over there and showed them, this is how Americans eat their chicken. They want all flats, wet lemon pepper. So what was on the radio yesterday is 
how to produce as many flats. Like you want all flats. What you think is going to get done with the drum, the tip? Where you think the other two pieces of the wing, no, I'm sorry, three pieces of the wing going to go? Right, you know that, that part they call the boneless chicken nugget? That's the part. It pops right off. I, I go look at In the Kitchen with Dryer Bus. I spent the day trying to uh, relearn how to cut up a chicken. My grandmother was like, you better stop buying that cut up chicken. Buy that whole chicken and cut that chicken yourself. And I'm like, okay. I, and then I went down to Choices Kitchen. Choices Kitchen was like, okay, the episode we want to sponsor is you cutting, showing people, showing families how to cut up a chicken. I'm like, oh, God. Y'all go watch my meltdown trying to cut that chicken. I cut that chicken. I didn't even have eight pieces. I only had seven pieces. I couldn't do it no more. I'm like, I can't cut this leg. It won't cut. I had a whole, I had a whole leg quarter. I had seven pieces and a leg quarter, okay? Six pieces and a leg quarter. I didn't even get eight pieces, but I, I now I know where the boneless now I know where the boneless wing come from. It's that little piece that's between the the breast and the wing, and, and if you cut it a certain way, it ends up on the wing or it ends up staying with the breast, right? But if you do this, this dissection of the breast, there's this little piece that ends up it's a white meat and it looks like a nugget, but it's not because you know a chicken nugget is something malformed, but this thing right here is what they call the boneless wing, which is that little piece there. It's a good little piece of, good little piece of meat if you ever cut up a chicken, right? And because you know when it goes over to China, some of them pieces ain't going to come back. But, honey, let me tell you, I went Fred Sanford on that cut up chicken. I'm like, wait a minute. After you take those eight pieces, you know there's more left to, see, how many, how many of y'all thinking that the chicken is just an eight-piece box? It's more to it. What, what, what my neck and my back? Do y'all know you can take the back and make the best chicken soup ever? I forgot that. I knew that at one time. I knew that because there were times when wasn't nothing in the household but the bat, <laughs> okay? All the rest have been done, other stuff have been done to it, right? We're going to save that for the a cookout. We need to save them, put that in the freezer. That's, that's going to fry them legs up for the family reunion. And we're going to eat this bat right now, right? Because there's a lot of meat fall off that backbone. I'm just saying. Because I used to look at Fred Sanford like, what is, what is he eating off the neck and the back, right? It's a lot of meat on there, and if you take that back, after you cut a bit of chicken, take that piece of back. Y'all, let me, this is a food podcast. Now, I got to talk. But the back, if you take the back which, when you cut it, and you boil it in some carrots and some celery, it makes the best chicken broth. If you want to bake the chicken broth, which you then take to make the chicken soup, and the meat that falls off the back is in the chicken soup. I'm just saying. Y'all better have a goal to listen. All right, let me get back on here. Let's get out of here because we are right at two minutes over the hour. I have gone two minutes over. On a Tuesday, the day after Labor Day, we're talking about this because I know you got some chicken scraps, so you better go make some soup with it. Make you some broth, and then that way your family, when we, especially start making your broth, we're talking about this on the food podcast, but especially start making your broth because the season's getting ready to change. If you have children that are asthmatic, you know we're going to have that day. I have to tell my good girlfriend this every year. You know we're going to have that day where the temperature is going to drop suddenly. It's probably going to have to happen after this hurricane. This hurricane, if it ever starts moving again, is going to usher in the season change uh, for us. And those of you who have kids back in school, they, as a matter of fact, today was the first day of school for a lot of places. Kids coming home with all kinds of germs. So you need to go and have some chicken broth on the stove. 
But you need to have the herbs and spices in there with it so that it can fight those germs. So you want it to be heavily filled with herbs and spices. So go get your chicken. Go ahead and boil that. Put that in there. Put some some celery, some uh, bay leaves, some um, some thyme, some um, um, what what do I use in there? Rosemary, um, some, and I always put my paprika, my smoked paprika up in there, some fresh garlic, and have that on the stove. Start giving that to those kids coming home from school so they don't bring all those germs home. And then, because you know, if you got some, a kid that's asthmatic, they start getting them colds, and then you got to run off to the emergency room, you got to do the turns of endearment. Give my baby the steroid, right? Because they keep trying to do just the breathing treatments because your insurance don't want to reimburse the expense of the good steroid, you know, and all that kind of stuff, which you know in the end they're going to need the steroid because they need to fight this thing off. I've been a mom too long. Okay, but anyway, uh, I hope that's your goal. I hope it's your goal. Avoid the betrayal. Get to the solution by doing what works. Watch the reaction of people when you're talking about your goals. Because people will ask you all day long about your goals. They'll see. They can see. That's a goal-oriented person over there. And they come trying to get all in your business. What are you doing? That's how they say it. What are you doing? Right? Because they want to know why you keep winning. How? What you got going on over here that I obviously can't can't understand what you're doing and don't know how to ask how you're doing it. So I'm just trying to peep it by scrolling and trolling your timeline, right? Wake up goals, time, money, listen, goal oriented, guilt, receive, uh, ego, get that ego out the way, right? If you don't get the ego out the way, you're going to spend your time in argue, in arguments and debates, um, that don't lead to solution. You're just going to get a bunch of reactions. You never get to what's work and you end up with a whole lot of betrayal. Ego is going to lead you to betrayal because your ego about your ego steps up wanting you to be around all these people and, and the betrayal person ends up in the mix. Hell, I, uh, I was about to say, let me not say it that way. If Jesus didn't need 12, <laughs> if he didn't stuck with five, he might not, or he might not. Was it Jesus? Y'all help me out with the Bible because, you know, I got one right here. And I don't even know, I don't even know what part of the testament is in. I guess, I, I, let me just stop talking about that. Because I hadn't been to church in a while uh, because they had different goals. The church, they had a goal of building uh, an arena. And I'm like, I don't think we need an arena. Let me go find me another church. But anyway, and they certainly went around when I was on the sick and shut in list. But anyway, that's, that was my fault for choosing that one. Um. Betrayal. I'm looking at this word betrayal because it brings up it brings up so much. But you gotta have goals, y'all, to avoid a lot of stuff in life. Um, goals make you happy. You goals are reasons to get out of bed. And I, I love being goal. I just love being goal oriented. I'm trying to think my what my immediate goal is. My immediate goal is to get through the podcast. I think what's my what's my next goal of the day? Um, breathe, um, breath. Um, we were talking, when we were talking about the podcast we have to do today called Leading Women Podcast, uh, at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we were talking about the ego yesterday and we were talking about, we decided that the podcast would be something. And I know like you just heard me sound like I didn't take a breath, right? I was like, I, that wasn't scripted. It only thing I knew, I, I start my podcast with one word in mind, 
and the word was goals. Um, and I didn't take a breath for the past hour. I was able to just talk about it because I was bringing you nothing but truth, my hindsight, my experience, what I like for you and us, what I like for us to feel and think about goals. And so when we were talking yesterday about, well, what is the leading women podcast is we want to help women be able to take a breath. You know, um, the last five years of that, I, things that I've had to deal with was about one more breath. Take, just take one more breath. And I was trying to help my mother breathe. If y'all don't know that story, but that's not a story time. We're not going to do that. But it was all about just, I was, I was putting out fires every day, not just me, but my entire family. That was our thing. Man, we got to keep this, we got to keep this from burning up around here, right? And, and everybody just, I remember Petty Betty, like, I wish we could just stop for a minute and just take a breath. Everybody, she, she was like, it, we, it just won't stop. It just keeps coming. It keeps coming. And I had to tell her, we're just in that season. It's just a season. It's just, you might be in just that. It's just a season. I promise you, if you can remember another time, it's going to come back around. You got to be mindful and respectful of time, y'all. If you can remember having a little bit more money, it's going to come back around. You're going to have money again. One of the things that we learned over the last five years, like, damn, how much money was up in through here? Because what the budget we're having, I mean, we, we are so respectful of the budget. We went, yeah, I went to dinner twice yesterday, but we were like, wait, is, how, is this in the budget? When the check came, is it in the budget? You would not, you would be surprised how much we are budget checking over here because we don't have all that money coming up into it. Because I had to walk away. My mother had to walk. Well, not only my mother had to walk away, but we changed our entire lives changed. And the money was like gone. <laughs> I mean, like every, every single bit of it, you know, but we realized, wait, we got, we got time. We got, we're going to have time again to make, we can always go back and make more money. In fact, nine to September 27, I'd be launching several platforms, you know, go ahead and get that money back. But I'm more respectful of, I'm more respectful of the time. And so the last five years has been about everybody got to the point was, I just want to be able to take a breath. I remember I tell y'all, told y'all them story time about having a drowning experience. The reason why I call it a drowning experience, the one thing I really wanted more than anything in that drowning experience was I wanted to breathe again. I needed, I needed the waves to just stop just for a minute so I could take a breath. I remember not every time I go, I, all that water would just come in, and I'm like, I just want to take a breath. And that, that was, I was like, Lord, just let me take a breath. I need a breath. If I could just catch my breath, I could save myself. And that, and, and that experience, imagine having that experience and then going through what I just went through. I know to stop and just listen, get calm, calm yourself, calm yourself and you can take a breath. That's what my goal, my goal when I finish this, I hit the stop button. Like I told y'all, I keep saying I'm done, done, done. Let me tell y'all, when I hit this button, the first thing I'm doing is going to sit here and I'm going to take a breath. And that's what we, that's what we said we want that podcast to be to allow you to just take a breath. All right. Work out goals, time, money, listen, goal-oriented, guilt, receive, ego, argue, debate, reaction, solutions, what works, and betrayal. And I'm going to add breathe at the end of that, right? Somebody betrayed you, just breathe. But when you exhale, exhale hard enough that you blow them on away, okay? When you exhale, just let it all out, okay? But, um... That's about all I have for y'all. Welcome to September 
Uh, welcome to everybody that's going back to school today. I hope y'all enjoyed your holiday. I hope you are excited about the season to come. This not only is the season change, we're getting ready to wrap up a quarter. We're getting ready to go into the holiday season. Labor Day, they are knocking all that summer stuff off the shelf. Here come all the Christmas stuff, the Halloween stuff. Halloween and Christmas stuff go on the shelf at the same time. I don't know about y'all, but I'm about to put I'm about to make my space for my Christmas tree and I'm gonna put a pumpkin up under it. I'm just saying. All right. Uh, but what you can look forward to is in the kitchen with dryer buzz comes back in this season so we'll be going back into the kitchen shout out again to caroline simmons caroline simmons went to our wish list for season two and sent us the smokeless indoor grill so that's going to make for some awesome and awesome and amazing videos uh, that we have we didn't cook we didn't labor for labor day but we are getting ready for season two that's a goal so i'm working on planning season two if you follow us in the kitchen with dryer buzz uh, if you go to dryerbus.com, you will see the link to go off if you want to go check and see what we did in the kitchen uh, for that as well. If you like to find out what we have going on for uh, 27 Answers and that particular um, pot, that particular um, platform, it, we're going to do we've got webinars and courses. Courses, not y'all know I hate webinars. We've got some courses coming for you. Over the season, uh, 27 S to Rock a Podcast is going to be uh, the first one on that series. But then we're also going to revisit some of the other things. Consulting and all that stuff is uh, is available. I'm trying to make sure I hit all my notes. I think I think that's it, guys. I hope y'all are having a wonderful day. I'm about to go out here and see the new, the next series. And everybody posting their first day of school pics uh loving it loving it and go back to the story i talked about about the bull elephant if you have a young man or woman and you're a young boy or girl they need a bull elephant if you're not going to be that bull elephant find one make sure they see i i, I tell I, I tell women and i you say tell young women but women are oftentimes talking about meeting men and and, and vice versa uh here's a new criteria Ask them if they're mentoring. Who are they pouring into? You know, I mean, that should just be a criteria. I saw a group of young men um, yesterday, and I was like, man, how is it there's six or seven of them, and and there's and I won't, I'm not going to open up another thing here. All right, y'all, thank you so much. Uh, you know, I have one other thing for you to do, and that is... Go now to DryerBuzz.com and follow at DryerBuzz on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. It's all about the buzz. Yeah.